Support for Petri Dish is made possible by UT Health San Antonio, committed to transforming the health of the community through the team that tackles problems from every angle, doing everything it takes to bring each patient the best possible outcomes. From teaching tomorrow's healthcare leaders to translating research into new treatments, UT Health San Antonio strives to make lives better. Learn more at groundbreakingresearch.org. We eat earlier. Is the food here good? Oh, ma'am, yes, it is. Okay. Especially on Wednesdays. <laughs> What's on Wednesdays? <laughs> it's a Mexican uh, food day. Oh, yeah. And they have That's... a little bit of everything. I like that. Mm-hmm. Previously on Petri Dish, we met Virginia Hernandez. Virginia had been living in an infectious diseases hospital for six months at that time. Ultimately, she would live at the Texas Center for Infectious Disease for nine months, undergoing grueling treatment for tuberculosis. And she, to this day, has no clue how or when she was infected. Yeah, that, that's one thing that it is that I will never, probably never know how I got it. Like they said, I could have had it in my system for 20 years You know, I'll never know how I got it. Most people infected with a bacterium that causes tuberculosis don't know they even have it. But some kind of stress to the immune system can activate it. In Virginia's case, it appears to have been COVID. When she got COVID last year, she also became symptomatic for tuberculosis, and she got very, very sick. Yeah, they were scared. It's a scary process. I didn't know that TB, all this stuff about TB to begin with. You know, I've heard about it, but I never knew how, you know, how dangerous it was or how, you know, what could happen. You can actually die from this disease. And she thought she might die, which is why she agreed to a nine-month stint at the last freestanding TB hospital in the United States. And what she's learned is that while everyone's heard about TB, it's threaded throughout world history and popular culture, they don't know much about the actual disease. She didn't. Well, I didn't really know nothing about it. I had just heard about it. You know, they, they test you like when we were in school and stuff. Now I know that you can get it anywhere in your body practically. I mean, if you don't take care of it, you, it comes back. You stop your medication. You can give it to somebody if you really don't care, you know. Don't want to take your medicine, you leave it. You're going to give it to somebody else. So it's very important to take the medicine. But the medicine can be really hard on people. It can even be toxic, and it doesn't always work. Drug-resistant tuberculosis is becoming more common. The antibiotics that only 80 years ago turned TB from a voracious killer of an estimated billion people to a treatable disease just don't work anymore. So what do we do about that? Thankfully, some of the greatest minds in science are working on that very question, and I talked to one of them. From Texas Public Radio, this is Petri Dish. I'm Bonnie Petri. mentioned a minute ago that tuberculosis is threaded throughout our history and popular culture. Listen to poor Mimi in Puccini's La Boheme. If someone coughs like that in an opera that was first performed in the 1890s, you can bet they have the consumption. Tuberculosis, 
and that before the final curtain falls they'll be dead if you want to get a sense of what life was like before we had antibiotics to treat TB watch the 90s musical inspired by La Boheme Rent in the updated take Mimi is HIV positive Spoiler alert, if you're going to go watch Rent and you don't want to know what happens, uh, Mimi doesn't die in Rent, although another character does. And if this character's death doesn't wreck you, I don't want to know you. But the point is, if you're as old as I am, you remember what it was like in the 80s and the 90s when we didn't know much about HIV or AIDS. But we knew if you got HIV, you would certainly, eventually and likely agonizingly die. Well, that was tuberculosis before antibiotics. And now, with drug-resistant TB, we're being forced to consider what life might be like with tuberculosis after antibiotics. One of the people who does that for a living is in San Antonio. Uh, Larry Schlesinger, uh, professor, president, and CEO of Texas Biomedical Research Institute. I'm an active physician scientist. And my area of uh, specialty is airborne infectious diseases. And my primary area area of focus is tuberculosis. Texas Biomedical Research Institute has been selected as a premier training center for TB researchers of the future by the National Institutes of Health. More on that later, but I point it out now so you know, Dr. Schlesinger knows tuberculosis. It's, it's an armored bacteria. It knows exactly what human, how it, humans respond to it. It laughs at it. It's growing in the places it shouldn't be growing. Uh, and as a result, um, that battlefield is pretty intense. Uh, and, uh, you know, the bugs are winning. We, we need better drugs. We need host-directed therapy. We need better approaches because this is a very human-adapted organism uh, that has been around for centuries. Now, that's not how we typically think about tuberculosis in 2023. In fact, most of us don't think about it at all. If we think about a potentially deadly infectious disease that can viciously attack the lungs, we're probably thinking about COVID. So um, uh, COVID became the number one infectious disease cause of death for a while during the pandemic, and it, it, it actually rose above tuberculosis. But tuberculosis remains by far the number one infectious disease killer of humans worldwide. Uh, Over 10 million people get ill with TB each year, and uh, over one and a half million people die of tuberculosis each year. Uh, Those numbers are staggering. Uh, Over a billion people, it's estimated, have died of tuberculosis far in excess of any other infectious disease. Which, like Virginia mentioned a few minutes ago, and Dr. Schlesinger confirmed, can infect you anywhere. Now, 80% of tuberculosis is in the lungs, but 20%, the bacteria can wake up outside the lungs, like in the the spine or in the kidneys, um, uh, in the bone marrow. And rarely it can be transmitted sexually and can cause infertility. I recently read a case study about a man in his 50s who went to the doctor with pain and swelling in his right testicle. It was tuberculosis. 
right? Tuberculosis can reactivate just about anywhere. So you can see case reports in the testes uh, and other parts of the reproductive tract. Uh, they're all about 5% or less. So TB is most often in the lungs, pulmonary, but it can also be extra pulmonary. Now, there is a vaccine against tuberculosis, but it isn't very good and it's not widely used in the U.S. So treatment for TB since 1944 has been antibiotics. We have a limited number of drugs and they're toxic. And even with those drugs over years of therapy, uh, people still can die of tuberculosis. So resistance has a major impact on outcome. Uh, and that resistance has been slowly increasing, uh, not a huge amount, but it's been increasing enough to continue to be a concern. Resistance in TB is categorized as drug resistant, multi-drug resistant, or extensively drug resistant. And Dr. Schlesinger says we are in a race to find new treatments. Oh, it's absolutely a race. You know, the problem is that humans evolve very slowly. Our immune systems evolve very slowly over generations and generations. Microbes evolve much more quickly and they can mutate and change readily all the time. It is definitely a race. And uh, typically when uh, uh, a new strain of microbe, particularly one that's resistance emerges, it gets the upper hand and we're usually not prepared and takes time for us to develop programs uh, to react to those new strains. So we tend to lose the arms race due to microbes. So what Dr. Schlesinger and his TB team at Texas Biomed are trying to do is get ahead of TB before antibiotics don't work at all anymore and to offer options that are less toxic and are less likely to require a nine-month hospital stay. The goal of the future is to have more drugs, vaccines, preventive measures available if and when uh, the next infectious disease crisis comes. And that is a very good thing because after decades of decline, the number of cases of TB in the U.S. is going up again. More on that when Petri Dish continues. Support for Petri Dish is made possible by UT Health San Antonio, committed to transforming the health of the community through the team that tackles problems from every angle, doing everything it takes to bring each patient the best possible outcomes. From teaching tomorrow's healthcare leaders to translating research into new treatments, UT Health San Antonio strives to make lives better. Learn more at groundbreakingresearch.org. Welcome back to Petri Dish. I'm Bunny Petrie. So in our last episode, we talked with John Lopez, who runs the last freestanding tuberculosis hospital in the U.S., the Texas Center for Infectious Disease. He says we are definitely seeing an increase in TB cases in Texas. So we're, what we're seeing is uh, during COVID, you had... Uh, what we're seeing is like an under-representation, under-reporting of TB. So COVID kind of, you went to there, you got tested, it was COVID. Um, not probably realizing that some of these cases were more TB. So now that COVID is kind of, um, you know, on the wane side, 
uh, we're seeing a rise in, in TB cases overall. Sure. So it's unfortunate. Dr. Larry Schlesinger, professor, president, and CEO of Texas Biomedical Research Institute and principal TB research investigator, says, yeah, it's happening all across the country. And the problem in the U.S. is that when people come in with a pneumonia, probably the last thing they think about is tuberculosis. And so the, the disease is not uh, diagnosed uh, uh, um, right away. And this uh, actually allows for sick people to transmit the bacteria for quite some time. That's because if TB activates in the lungs, as it usually does, an undiagnosed person can spread it around by coughing. And they probably won't mean to because it's not immediately obvious that you even have it. And uh, the way it presents is typically the development of a low-grade fever, uh, night sweats, uh, and weight loss over a period of two to three months. Um, on, in a few cases, uh, individuals will cough up what is called blood streak sputum or hemoptysis, which is a more characteristic of tuberculosis. Otherwise, it looks like other pneumonias. The chest X-ray can have specific features that distinguish it from, let's say, another typical bacterial pneumonia, but it, that can be subtle. So at first, the clinician has to be thinking about it. It doesn't typically come out, uh, come up after two to three days, like a pneumonia due to COVID. It usually takes several weeks and patients can lose quite a bit of weight during that period of time. That's why it was called consumption, because uh, individuals would lose so much weight during their active tuberculosis. From 2020 to 2022, confirmed cases of TB rose more than 15 percent. Now, the good news is the disease is still less prevalent than it was before the pandemic. The bad news is that these rising case numbers come after a nearly three-decade decline. So it's clear TB is not a thing of 19th century operas or 20th century musicals or black and white movies. It's here now, and it's getting wise to the antibiotics we use to treat it. That's not great. So in 2018, the National Institutes of Health put together a roadmap for the future of the fight against TB, and it included money to fund programs to study the disease, the treatments, the bacterium that causes it, all in an effort to train the next generation of TB researchers. Texas Biomed is one of six centers chosen to be the nation's inaugural training centers for tuberculosis research, a designation that comes with nearly $6 million in funding for biomed research over five years. Our uh, center is called the Interdisciplinary Next Generation Tuberculosis Research Advancement Center, or INTRAC. It's a mouthful. The other centers are the University of Washington, the University of California, San Francisco, uh, Cornell University, Emory University, and Johns Hopkins University. So we're in very um, uh, elite uh, partnership uh, program here, and we're working together across the country to improve uh, research. Schlesinger says Biomed is uniquely positioned to make a real difference in the future of TB research. So currently, we have six faculty and about 35 personnel devoted to studies of 
tuberculosis and tuberculosis HIV with regard to um, identifying new approaches to diagnostic diagnostics therapies and vaccines. Um, we have at the Institute alone, almost $20 million worth of active funding for our research efforts. And in 2022, we published 26 papers on tuberculosis. It also has access to partners that will let new researchers learn about TB from what science educators call the bench to the bedside. In the city, we have the Texas Center for Infectious Diseases. And it's a regional center that houses highly drug-resistant cases of TB. And they have outstanding clinical staff there. And we've been working with them in the clinical environment. In addition, we are involved in collaborative studies at the Texas-Mexico border, looking at what we call field studies, looking at the epidemiology of tuberculosis in that population that has a high rate of obesity and diabetes. So what is the future of tuberculosis treatment? Schlesinger suspects it's what's known as host-directed therapy. So this is akin to cancer immunotherapy, where in addition to antibiotics to treat the bacteria, we're looking for ways to bolster the immune system to work in conjunction with those antibiotics to fight the bacteria. And we're very excited that this repurposing of these cancer therapies may actually be a way to work with antibiotics to more effectively control tuberculosis. Now, this is still preclinical, but it's one example of how one can work with the immune system uh, to override uh, the, the bacterial suppression systems in this case. You know, it strikes me now that we're not just talking about TB in this conversation, especially after COVID came along and knocked us off our feet a few years ago. Bacteria, viruses, we have antibiotic-resistant fungi killing people in hospitals. So we're talking about all infectious diseases here. You know, infection is the only disease of humans that affects 100% of us. No one goes through life without an infection. And to understand that infection can change our immune systems is something we need to educate on. Human papillomavirus can cause cervical cancer or uh, head and neck cancer. Uh, uh, strep throat can lead to rheumatic fever and valvular disease of the heart. Hepatitis B can cause liver cancer. We've known about this. Um, so-called enteroviruses that are, occur every year can cause type 1 diabetes. So these are diseases that, you know, plague humankind and will continue to plague humankind until we get more effective therapies. And that's what they're working on at Biomed. Our goal over the next five to 10 years is to produce outstanding researchers that go out and do great things in the world, whether they're at universities, uh, the World Health Organization, the CDC, uh, Individuals who are very experienced and can help us get a handle on TB. This won't be handled in my lifetime, but I'm hopeful based on the training we provide that the next generation will find those cures and we'll be able to develop better uh, uh, tools for diagnosis and certainly less toxic treatment, shorter course therapy, and better vaccines. And beyond that? The goal of the future is to have more drugs, vaccines, preventive measures, available if and when uh, the next infectious disease crisis comes. And it's the work we do now 
in between those crises that will help us be prepared for the next challenge we face. And those challenges are increasing and they affect each of us. Yeah, if COVID taught us anything, it's that. They affect each of us. So thank you, Dr. Schlesinger. This episode of Petri Dish was produced by TPR News Director Dan Katz, Jacob Rosati, and me. Jacob Rosati also composed all the music and created the sound design on this show. Petri Dish is a production of Texas Public Radio. I'm Bonnie Petrie. Talk to you soon.